0: Welcome to another episode of Health Creators. This is Liv, and I'm joined here today by Peter, CEO of Chiron Medical, and Rohit, COO of Alfie. Um, And today we're going to be talking about how to reach product market fit in healthcare. Um, And we're also going to be discussing a little bit about bringing value to hospital healthcare systems. Um, But just to kick us off, um can we get an elevator pitch from the both of you we're
1: closer. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> um well at chiron we are doing ai for um cancer diagnostics uh primarily focusing on breast cancer screening at the moment but the aim is to do multimodal precision diagnostics for uh, pretty much all cancers over time um we're very re- uh Headquartered in the UK and um, off of some recent successes, we're going global now.
2: Awesome, <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're Alfie. Um, we do obesity medicine on scale uh, with partnering with hospitals and clinics. Uh, um, we're we're based in the US, um, and uh, you know we work directly with insurers and get paid uh, when our patients feel healthier and, and they reach their health outcomes.
0: Awesome, and uh, I just want to kind of dive into that question of how to reach product market fit in healthcare. <laughs> and you're laughing. <laughs> is that because I, th- I think we basically kind of touched on this before? <laughs> but um, like, what even is product market fit in healthcare? I think that's that's a question I have for for the both of you.
1: Yeah, I think I think healthcare is very particular in this uh, as a as an industry. I'll be very excited to hear your answer. But from my point of view, um, the stakeholders are different. Uh, How you deal with stakeholders is very, very, very specific. Mm -hmm. And um, how you assess your market fit is also very specific. Um, I think the, the clear sort of market model is that you have the patients, you have the healthcare providers and mm. you have those who pay and those tend to be three completely separate entities most of the time, or at least when yeah. they are, um, relating to us. And so do I have fit to one of these stakeholders or do I need to do all, how do I, how do I figure, figure things out? And what I see most, I think is a trap, but also a very important thing to consider is yeah, uh, Maybe I have, a, a, I can create a company that creates extremely obvious value, but whether that can be scaled and can be brought to the market for the benefit of the patients is not trivial. Uh, so, because in different countries, different regions, uh, maybe it does not fit the market. It fits the needs of the patients mm. and and the and the system, but maybe not the structure of the market. And I think that structure is is very. I'm sure it happens in other industries as well, but in healthcare, it's very strong. It has a very strong influence. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I think you hit on it really well. In healthcare, there's kind of almost opposing entities, right? Like patients want certain things, hospitals care about revenue for providing services, insurers want to save money. And at first glance, it seems like they're all competing with each other, right? You save money for a a payer, hospital gets paid less. So it's really tough to align the incentives. Um, For us, uh, you know, when we look at product market fit, we look at, you know, as, as, as talked about, um, do our patients like our product? Uh, and then on top mm-hmm. of it, uh, you know, are we providing value to the larger institution that's, you know, giving us patient flow? So uh, what at a hospital is, are we driving better revenue for them, uh, you know, uh, with the payer or, or like an ACO, uh, an economic care organization in the U.S.? Um, are we saving them money, um, you know, in downstream costs? So uh, I think something that has true fit can address these and align the incentives for everyone.
1: Yeah, I, I think maybe you can say, like, sufficient criteria for a product market fit, mm-hmm. but not necessary criteria. Sufficient criteria, if you covered yeah. all the stakeholders, then you're done, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, I, yeah. I, do you think you can be at product market fit with, like, a couple of th- uh, outstanding tasks as a company? Like, for yeah. instance, if you know that you can serve the patients, and mm-hmm. you know there's a pathway for moving the market, the other stakeholders Mm -hmm. to, then it's, well, you're not fitting your product uh, to the market, you're fitting the market to the product Mm. because your product is serving a need that from first principles is the right product to to bring to healthcare. And I think that's a difference. Like, you're not just bringing the product to the market you bring bringing a tr- product to a need and then maybe help the market move towards that. Certainly. Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you see that, um, especially in, in new payment models for healthcare, like value-based care mm. and things like that too. You know, we're f- trying to force an antiquated model that's fee-for-service into models that is more on, you know, patient care. But mm-hmm. I, I, in the end of the day, yeah, it, at, at the end of the day, everyone has to, every stakeholder has to find value for, for, for it to yeah. really take off.
1: Or at least pacified and not yeah, yeah, be a barrier. Yeah, exactly, that's, exactly. that's 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 sufficient, I think. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. so it sounds
0: like in order to reach product market fit in healthcare, we almost need to hit product market fit like two or three hmm. times, hmm. right? With hmm. different stakeholders. Because every time you're doing this iterative cycle of development, you're speaking to that stakeholder, hmm. right, to reach product hmm. market fit with them and build on the back of that. Yeah. So it seems like when when you have a product that has a different user buyer mm-hmm. and then different people in the pathway, yeah. um, you know who do you priori- prioritize and how do you navigate that?
1: Uh, just take one, one step okay. back. Of course, what we're talking about is the mm. the hardcore medical devices that really usually have the three. Uh, well,
2: in well, well, medical devices and care enablement, like like like, yeah. like, like I think there's a distinction, and there are, there are companies that opt, you know. For, for example optimized back-end office for hospitals yeah. you don't, you, don't, you don't need to have patient buying or payer buying it's exactly. still in healthcare. Exactly. So i think it's kind of i don't think you can say for healthcare. i think you can say yeah. for uh you know uh things that affect actual like like patient care things like yeah,
1: yeah. That. actual clinical flows yeah yeah exactly if that's impacted mm-hmm. you're going to have to cover all three yeah yeah and mm-hmm. that's the tough one it's also the most rewarding one I yeah think. i
2: think so that's where the most <laughs> value is right um, but yeah I mean, if you build a product that's helps automate prior authorizations, right? Like you need to have this hospital buy for that, or, or just like a like a wellness tracker, it's patient side. But if you
1: do QC for payers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so,
0: so for both Chiron and Alfie, mm-hmm. um, you need to satisfy patients, mm-hmm. make sure the hospitals are happy, and then make sure the model makes sense with insurers?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kind of, I'm not 100% sure. Like when you have that, then you're done. But I think, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there are segments yeah. of the market, especially on the adoption curve. Like the, mm. you sure. know, some innovators on their own will move forward. It could be a patient advocacy group. It could mm. be a hospital that just wants to do the right thing and doesn't care about the, uh, like how they get paid. They just want to mm. really differentiate themselves. It's, it, it's possible. Uh, if you think about sort of the early majority, late, uh, majority, then sure, you need to you need to have it all covered, um, and that's why I'm saying um that you may have sort of fit for the early market with a subset of the stakeholders, and then you conquer the other like like the the needs and sort of the the alignment with the other stakeholders to get to down the adoption curve. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's how you get your foot in the door, basically, right? Like mm-hmm. you satisfy one, and then they help you uh, to yes. reach the other people. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, you know, once once you've done that one time <laughs> in one hospital, <laughs> how different is it moving to a different hospital?
2: I think it's easier, right? Like, you know what to expect. Um, no one ever wants to be the first one to jump in. So <laughs> when, when someone's already jumped in and survived, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's simpler. But I think it's very nonlinear, actually, for hospital sales or clinic sales for any like larger organization, it's it's not like you put some money in Facebook ads and you expect to get this many click-throughs, right? It's, it's, it's much more personal and slower. Um, and it's uh, very case-by-case, I'd say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really believe that. Uh, I think there are some early adopters that are actually easier to work with than mm-hmm. sort of right after the early adopters, mm-hmm. I find. Uh, There's a lot of work on our side when we go with the early adopters, but they are very accepting and supportive. When you go to the second batch that is not so accepting and they're Mm. very keen because now they want to move and follow on, but not accepting of the uh, the inevitable problems that you still have, I find that really hard. Uh, yeah. after that it, it, it seems like yeah it's moving out yeah um, yeah
2: <laughs> yeah it, it's I, I think when you go to sales for, for like um a hospital or like a large mm. clinic um, you, same idea you have like people who are innovative who are trying to it's honestly we we, we, we find it's it's hospitals that are maybe like the third best in their area or, 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 or like a group that's not the incumbent because then they don't have a need to really innovate their machine works well you know, those are the people you reach in the end usually, right? So, so mm-hmm. it's, it's usually smaller places you start with, you know, not small, but smaller, like,
1: like Yeah, I agree. Right. Manageable. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Ma- manageable, but meaningful. Yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: The M&Ms. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, each bite.
0: So you need to get the hospitals to buy into what you're doing. And then how does that relate to the insurance companies? And I'm not sure if you guys have the same, like, it, 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 yeah. It, it, it
2: depends. Like like uh, for a hospital, for example, like for us, you just won't, if unless you're like working in the confines of what insurance allows a hospital to operate in, unless mm. it's like an ACO, which kind of sets their own rules, uh, you have to kind of, as, I think you've said nicely, like <laughs> not piss them off, like, like work yeah. in their framework. But then the insurer can be your customer later down, too, which is, I think, a higher level than the hospital, actually. Uh, but those, yeah. are just, those are, like, end, end stages. Like, it, that's a really, really long sales cycle for that kind of stuff. L- large, you know, plethora of evidence that's required.
1: Yeah, mm. I, think, I think it completely depends on the indications for use if we are mm. talking about medical device. For instance, on our side... There are a lot of use cases that uh, are really working within the confines of uh, existing uh, workflows mm-hmm. and uh, trying to do automation. Some mm-hmm. of the automations are trivially doable. some require some like kind of clinical or multi-stakeholder like medical group. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, sign off in the U.S. That's the other trick. It's not just payer provider and patient, but the medical groups as well. Uh, Shouldn't yeah, yeah, forget yeah. that. You have to get safety <laughs>
2: codes and then get the buy-in from the associations. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. So, so doing that is uh, is 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 critical. But some of the indications go also just beyond what has been done so far in yeah. terms of patient impact. And I think those are the really tricky ones. Those are the ones we really want to do because we want to impact the patients. But if there's no reimbursement for it historically, then you need to engage with that element. If it, if you're not if I'm not bringing cost savings, but bringing patient impact, that's the most tricky element to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we have patient, payer, provider, and medical groups.
1: Well, well, well I, th- yeah. I,
0: th- I think
2: it depends. Like 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 for us, we we don't really deal with medical groups. I guess like you
1: know.
0: Can, can we? Can you explain what these medical groups are actually?
1: Hmm. I mean, it's a very U.S. phenomenon yeah. Yeah. where, uh, where uh, there's usually sort of a kind of unionized uh, like entity of doctors relating to each hospital. Mm-hmm. So the, they they work very closely with the providers, but there's a, a strong barrier of operations and and mm-hmm. incentives as well uh, between the two. And so like a,
0: an uh, okay, I see. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. They're
2: the ones for medical devices, like um, and for uh, you know, you know, like the association of mm-hmm. uh, you know the, the 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 American Association of Ophthalmologists or things like that. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who sponsor you know, like devices, uh, you know, they advocate for new codes to get reimbursed for.
1: That's the that's the next yeah. group, the professional societies. Oh, yeah, oh, oh <laughs> you're talking about, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Professional I, there's societies. A, there's another one. I, I, we also yeah. left that government and a couple of other stakeholders that might <laughs> be relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this is deep in, like, like medical devices, and, yeah. and I, I, I think, yeah.
1: Mm. The professional societies, like, For instance, American College of Radiology Society of Breast Imaging, in our case, Mm -hmm. uh, or there's also the patient advocacy groups, which are more Mm -hmm. on the patient side. But really, the professional societies are sort of the umbrella for the medical groups. But at any given site in the US, not any, Mm -hmm. but most sites, you have the medical group who is contracted by the provider to actually perform the medical uh, um, uh, work. Uh, but the hardware and the software and a lot of the operations are provided by the provider. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of the coding and, and reimbursement is actually done separately for the medical group and for the provider, mm-hmm. by the payer, which is well, a lot of fun to work with.
0: Uh. Okay, I get it ish. <laughs> <laughs> so patient gets value from this thing that you're building. Hopefully. Uh-huh Yeah. <laughs> And then the provider is the one who makes a decision on whether or not patient gets to use your thing?
1: Not all the time. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's, it, it, a lot of the times the provider has... Either the provider uh, purchases some tool or service that they yeah. use or the provider purchases a tool or service that the medical group uses or sometimes mm. the medical group has their own budget and they buy the purchase the tools for their own use uh it can get all sorts of varied
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah this it, is it, kind of out of my realm like it, with, <laughs> with, with like pure devices and stuff um you know mm. uh well i guess i, I guess for us um it, it it really depends uh you know we act as a uh, like a full service like clinical mm-hmm. um organization too where people refer patients to us for care uh, and we provide them on scale so you know uh the, the like patients have to like us, but, you know, we can take patients if they come de novo to us. But usually they're coming mm-hmm. through, you know, a hospital group that, you know, an, an orthopedic group, for example. Uh, they, they have patients who need to lose weight for, uh, you know, getting procedures done that are prohibitive otherwise. Or, uh, you know, uh, an ACO that wants to save costs for, for their patients because they're you know, spending a lot because uh, they're, they're obese and things like that.
0: Okay, so I guess the, the differences are because you, you're not a device.
2: No, um, um, we're we're like uh, a, a care platform and software that, that that provides care for patients. So 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 like we, our technology is, mm-hmm. is in our algorithms that decide and, and on, on, on clinical decision support. So so we provide a very high level kind of obesity care that that you know standard primary care is, is very kind of outclassed and, and that's why we have a obesity crisis in the U.S. Right. Uh, you know beyond eat less and exercise more. That's really the, the end of it. So, so we we, we um, Look at the patient's values and, and psychometric values and, and and health data Organize that and then decide which medications will work the best almost all automated on our on, with our software And Yeah, then our clinical staff then can make those recommendations a reality for the patient.
0: I see so um I mean, I do also see a lot of similarities, right? Because there, there your are. clinical decision <laughs> support um, on both sides <laughs> in a way, because um, Chiron does screening for also for the physicians, right? And so it's also giving um, the physicians more information to make better decisions for the patient.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, that, that's that, that's kind of what our software does do in the end of the day. It, it, it distills a lot of patient data into something that's really actionable. uh, Yeah. You know, so, so, yeah, exactly.
1: It sounds like you're bringing a new pathway in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
2: So, so what we kind of do is in large academic places, they have dedicated obesity physicians and practices. It's just... Yeah, you'll wait eight months to get an appointment there. Uh, the way they do their work is very slow and very hard to scale for them. They're doing it, you know, a lot of these things by asking patients, uh, you know, in the in the clinic visit and it's the data is very messy. So so we we kind of organize it and we use software to
1: make it very, very efficient. Yeah, and, and on our side, we are very closely working with existing pathways. Mm. The breast cancer screening is one of the most established, most ingrained yeah. pathways and we're We're aiming to help with that. And this pathway is very closely, everyone knows what they're doing. The medical Mm. group knows, the provider, the payer, government, patient advocacy groups, they all know what they're doing. So fitting into that rather than bringing a new pathway, I think is slightly Mm. different. But even though we are trying to support... Uh, yeah. The uh, patient care with better information.
2: Yeah, but I, I mean, like we, we, we have to fit into like the regular primary care pathway too, or, 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 or like the referral pathway as well, right? Hmm. So, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, you, you can't just carve out a hole in your niche. It's, it's like we, we are we're filling uh, kind of a gap, right? but we have to work in that larger ecosystem.
0: Okay, so we have um, like different pathways you can take. <laughs> different stakeholders. Um, What's like the the number for product market fit? (laughs) Is there, cause like I know that in a traditional random SaaS company, (laughs) right? We'll say, hey, if a company has 3 million ARR, (laughs) that's like early product market fit and therefore they deserve to raise a series A, right? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, but I, I think Series A is not necessarily predicated on you have full PMF, though, right? Mm. I think full PMF is like, I know for sure I put in $1 and I get two out. That's mm. that's like PMF, uh, you know? Mm. I think Series A is like you've shown strong indicators, but but you're, you know, yeah. I, I think it's really growth stage. You know, it's still early for a reason, right? Uh, so, um, right? I'm, I'm like, what would you say about that? Yeah,
1: I think there's also a question of better a piece of technology you're in is deep tech or not. Mm. Like, uh, throughout the different uh, fundraising uh, stages, you're trying to remove the most important, the biggest next, next risk, right? Yeah. So for deep tech, the early risk you're removing is just a tech risk. Can it work, right? And yeah. then you're not focusing whatsoever on mm-hmm. uh, on, uh, mm-hmm. uh, on, on, on really the revenue element it's a really bad idea to prove tech works for something that doesn't yeah. bring value in the end. Uh, but it's also very hard for deep tech companies to go to full product market fit with mm-hmm. a smokescreen. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Th- that's a very interesting <laughs> dichotomy that you need to kind of keep going to the, like really assess whether you're in the right direction uh, mm. as much as possible without the tech. Then you need to remove the tech risk. And then you really lock in uh, all the all the other risks, so like commercialization, scaling, and all the others. So that's a slightly different uh, element, and we're definitely in a deep tech um, uh, world. So um, that's uh, where does that lead us uh, in terms of numbers? Um, in a very early stage, you would try to get very strong, very very critically analyzed user and customer Mm. interviews to make sure you can build, Mm. and then once you build, then you need to prove in healthcare that it actually provides the clinical value, right? Yeah. That's the healthcare bonus. Like, if it's a deep tech <laughs> plus healthcare, it goes quite a while <laughs> without before yeah. you get to 3 million. But at that point, it's very likely that you're going to go way higher, like 10+. Mm. And that's just a very peculiar... And it's very defensible, but it's a very peculiar journey, I think.
2: Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely.
1: Mm. Yeah,
2: yeah, for uh, uh, for us too, it's, I, I, I guess... We, we, we do have revenue now because we were running care and services. Um, uh, yeah, like, like I'd I, I, I say that's like a threshold for Series A, but it's not, I'd say, PMF per se, right? Because I think we talked about it already. You have PMF in several sectors too, right? Mm. And I, I think, like, PMF is, like, people coming to you wanting your product. And, and like, you know, you don't have to outreach to them. You know, mm. they know, like, uh, this product will save you money. We should use it. You, you know, like, when we think of, like, products... That we use on a daily basis. I think they have the truest PMF. You know, it's it's sure. like yeah. it's not it's not a binary. I guess right. It's it's like you, always de risking until like, uh, you know, it's very certain. This product is here yeah. to stay.
1: I think it's also dependent on what growth model you have. Yeah. Right. If you have a fine uh, like a, a, a paid growth model, mm-hmm. a sticky or a viral growth model, it, it works very differently. Yeah.
2: I, I, can I, you, I, I I you can
0: explain the nuances between?
2: Yeah, like, like yeah. a viral model is really, like,
0: <laughs> what do you even
2: say, like viral things, like, they generate revenue and they may do mm-hmm. it very fast, but it's not necessarily sustainable revenue if mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you have these big bursts uh, mm-hmm. uh, of products, you mm-hmm. know, like, like I, I wouldn't say it's PMF per se. Like, like, like when I think of PMF, I think of, is this customer going to be around for a while? Uh, yeah. And will they continue to be my customer? You know.
1: Yeah, and I think for each of the devices and, and indications, um, it matters mm. whether you're assessing, whether your growth model, you have the fit for a growth model. Uh, and because yeah. I, I'm just reflecting on what you, you just said, um, coming, like customers coming to us mm-hmm. uh, without reaching out, that's maybe more important for a sticky model, but yeah. not for a paid model. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. a paid model is like, if i running this marketing engine for this product, it is working with that yeah, model yeah yeah right right yeah. fair yeah, yeah yeah right right mm. uh, yeah yeah cool.
2: mm. well, one dollar in is like two dollars out like that's that's what you yeah know. that's that's yeah. yeah yeah
0: so um there's the viral model the sticky mm. model and mm. the paid model mm. these are how you can grow a company essentially
1: it's a one way of looking at yeah. oversimplifying the three ways of growing a company yes yeah 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 <laughs>
0: but th- these these models are they related to product market fit or scaling after
2: well I, I, well, I mean I I, 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 I I think PMF is not like I have PMF like I, you ask any founder who says that uh, you know uh, even until the IPO they'll be like we're still iterating and learning <laughs> right so like yeah I, I I'm hesitant to say like even series a is PMF you know like I think I think you're in a more de-risk position yeah
1: but um, I think it's uh, yeah I think if we get uh, probably many different people have different uh, yeah. definitions of what a product, mm-hmm. product market fit is, and uh, uh, for good reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I think assessing whether there's product risk for the company and how much yeah. product risk there is, I think is that is a very reasonable question to ask. Uh, mm. Is there a need? I think that is testable. Mm-hmm. Is there a need that there is a market where the customers have? willingness and ability to buy and in healthcare because of the separation of the stakeholders it's not an easy question But i think that that those two and then a growth model uh does this mark does this product fit for a specific growth model that then actually can take over a market i think those are sort of like the step by step um uh, uh, elements and in between you might have deep tech or not so deep tech uh, Mm -hmm. elements that you need to sort out multiple times potentially. Yeah, uh,
2: definitely, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I I'm like to uh, like, definitely agree with that.
0: <laughs> um, and we talked a little bit about the iterative process of reaching product market fit, right? Because it is a lot of iterating.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and when you have a software product that you can bring to someone and just continuously change every day <laughs> until you hit product market fit, it's a little bit different than um, having a product that sits with patients, clinicians, payers, providers and mm. all these different stakeholders um, and having to iterate on that. Mm. Um, so I'd love to know more about you know your process of iterating to product market fit and how you do that with all these different stakeholders yeah. um, touching this piece of
1: uh, uh, just product. before we go on, yeah. I'd like to give a quick kudos for all the lean startup methodology experts who have done <laughs> all of this, the yes. three models and the iterative process, uh, uh, Eric Ries and probably forgetting the other two major names. <laughs> yeah, I
2: can't, I can't remember.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I can't take credit for the, for all, all, all these models. I just uh, really like using them. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, I I think what to answer your question uh, when you have software, I think even when you're working with these right stakeholders, uh, you can iterate with with them. You know, you know, uh, mm. you have to be more more cognizant and careful in the way you do it. Like like when you launch software to someone, uh, the only way to really iterate is customer feedback, right? So, yeah. uh, you, you know, you'll never know that until you are working with the hospital, <laughs> right? So so I think. Um, yeah, like, it's always, uh, our software engineers are busy, <laughs> always, yeah. you know? It's not like they finish it and it's done. Um, I, like, like I, I think that's just the nature of software in general. Like, even, it's, 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 like, similar, like, you can't be so gung-ho, like, we're completely revamping everything because people have workflows. Mm. Uh, but, but um, yeah, it's always iterative, though.
1: Yeah, and it's a bit different for regulated devices. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Mm. Then it goes completely... Um, well, it can go quite crazy. Yeah, 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 right. Uh, one of the one of the engagements that we yeah. had in the past is a semi-governmental uh, professional body uh, that is having a, uh, the attitude of let's do a large. Um, um, uh, randomized control trial, mm. uh, which takes like two years to set up, it takes three years to run, and then publish the results, and then we give you feedback. So uh, that's the feedback loop would be seven years. That's mm-hmm. not really something you can do. Yeah. As, uh, yeah, yeah. And then of course you need to look for other ways. So yeah. what is an early adopter that I can work with? Uh, can I have some versions of my workflow that I can test with? Uh, mm. Do I need to do uh, sequenced uh, the yeah. number of clinical studies. Do I do it in re- regions and jurisdictions mm-hmm. where it can go faster? Mm-hmm. Uh there's a lot of consideration, but you need to find a path, right? Like mm. it's it's not okay to do a seven year feedback loop. Um yeah.
2: uh, that, that, that's ridiculous. Really <laughs> <good. laughs> that's yeah. so hard. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And of course there's elements that are regulated in a radical medical uh, regulated mm-hmm. medical device and yeah. elements that are not necessarily of course we want to do the maximum speed with yeah. the non-regulated part. In a regulated part you want to mm. Work with the uh, the ethos and sort of the in um, the intention of the regulations, which is keeping safety for the patient, yeah. not just going with, by the book. So so that we go by the book because that doesn't reduce the risk and it's slow. So I think maximum yeah. speed, maximum safety, combining that with some kind of a sequence of events uh, where we can learn and iterate fast mm-hmm. is quite tricky for a regulated yeah. medical device. Um, I take it as an extra task to do.
2: Yeah, I th- I think even like you, you know like in in startup land I, I guess it's SaaS right? It's like you go until it breaks right. Like <laughs> with with even with hospitals like you have one chance. You can't like majorly screw mm. it up right. Yeah. And and with with like uh, clinicians who work with you, you leave a bad taste in their mouth. Done right. Like mm. so so you have to be very careful. Uh, you, you know in the way you do it, it's not like you can just change up a product overnight. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I there there is like. Changes like, like even for us, w- you know, we, we have studies we run and internal data we collect. Um, uh, but it's it's like in the protocol of, of the you know uh, study period, I guess, right? Like you change the UI a little bit here, or you or you add like a functionality for a patient to view something. It's it's not drastically affecting the care modality, I guess. But I, I guess for you, it it, it does, right? Cause, does yeah. it?
0: So if you change the interface of something, does hmm. that part now need also new right like? Do you know what I mean? Do you need it, new studies done for that? It depends on
1: uh, yeah. how close that is to the indication, of mm. course, and even more importantly, uh, is that uh, related to the claims that you're making, right? Because mm-hmm. in any regula- how are the medical devices is regulated? Is that you are uh, wanting to make certain claims that you make to a healthcare market where you're selling, yeah. and you want to prove those, and the regulatory process covers what you can say. And so mm. if I'm saying things about the interface uh, uh, or it has patient risk, uh, then I need to assess those. Of course, if, if there's patient risk, I can't just go around it and say, well, I don't have any claims on it, so I'm not gonna make it uh, super safe. No, mm. anything that is risky for the patient, you need to prove uh, and uh, plus all of, your, all of your claims. So that's, that, that's kind of the dependency. For instance, very little of our integration software which is really not clinical mm. is part of the regulated pathway. But the, uh, user interface that the doctors use very often is,
0: uh, mm. because
1: it can influence the doctors so to influence the patient. There's a risk. So now we need to, uh, analyze that, improve the value yeah. and the risk benefit trade off.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 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 For us, our interface for the doctor, it's similar. Like, like the, the referral pathway has to fit into their workflows and the HR. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that's really clinical. It's, their EHRs, Uh you know, for our doctors though, when when, when we write our software mm. and update it, yeah, like, like it does affect patient care too. Like mm. you know, luckily we don't have to go through hoops. We are the people <laughs> who decide in the end for our staff, but but still, it's 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 really important. Am
0: Am I right in thinking that your original product did, um, was used by patients?
2: Uh, I, I, it's, yeah. it's 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 both sided, right? Like like, like yeah. our patients are the ones who, uh, you know. They have to use a product, right? That's how they yeah. track everything, and then you know, uh, but but it's I, I guess really our innovation is it uh, it it allows us to ingest a lot of patient data to write the right recommendations, and then uh, it's a very scalable platform for our doctors to provide that kind of care. So, uh, you know, there is a patient element to it, but but it's it's more like uh, like like they have to input some data, and and, and, and we collect data from them.
0: Is the reason you don't need to be regulated because um, you're providing recommendations yeah. rather than? Yeah,
2: there's like a fine line you have to yeah. walk, right? Like, yeah. Uh, I, well, well I, I, I think for you, like, like, like when you're, when you're showing like certain scans, you, you're making yeah. a claim like this is the right thing, like this is this yeah. is there right for us. Yeah, we have to do that too, and, and we do, but but it's always caveated by, the you know, it's a recommendation. The doctor that we have mm. have full autonomy still on what they want to prescribe. Uh, you know, we'll, we will say like, we're pretty sure like this drug is the best for this patient. Like, here's yeah. why. And that's all automated on our end. And the doctor can always say no, but, but they, 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 they listen to what we have to say usually.
0: So in the um, cancer screening arena, why would you not be able to just say, hey, um, hmm. we think this patient might have cancer? instead of saying, like, to, like, the nth degree they do? And then you could could you avoid going through all the regulatory hurdle by doing that?
1: Yeah, the short answer is no. Uh, And there's (laughs) some good reasons for that. Yeah. Uh, One, uh, I think one of the key differences uh, that is very important for all medical devices is Mm -hmm. uh, here we already have a very well-established pathway. Yeah. Yeah. So changing, if I'm impacting that, and I'm lowering the quality of that, lowering mm. the standard of care, that is a risk, a potential systematic risk for the patients. Mm. That is not okay. Then the regulatory systems, rightly, are not allowing that to happen. Yeah. So that's one part, um, uh, and... Uh, okay. Um, let me think back to your question. Um,
2: I, I think the reason why we can, rather, is is, is uh, I think you hit on the nail, right? Like like there are certain very established pathways. For us, uh, you know, all the medications we use can be used independently, but, but oh, okay. we, we, we provide really good insight on why, which ones are much more effective. That's why we can have much better efficacy than blanket prescribing. So anything we can prescribe, and the patient will not get harmed per se, but it's a matter of...
1: How much mm. more benefit that's, can we provide? That, that's the key. Uh, if we are saying that a patient has uh, cancer, there's quite a bit of follow-up uh, diagnostics that might be radiating, yeah. uh, might be biopsy. You're actually puncturing and cutting and, and you know really torturing a patient. Also, the psychological effect mm. is really, really big on, on patients from, from screening that uh, there's a lot of studies about. And you don't want any of those, you want to minimize those negative effects. So you can't just over diagnose. Okay. There's a very big m- uh, movement against over diagnosis in mm-hmm. cancer detection. Uh, so that's one of the risks we need to look at, not just uh, having cancer as a risk.
0: So it seems like one of the factors is that, um, like, diagnostic, non diagnostic seems mm-hmm. to be one of the yeah. factors. And then also terminal versus not terminal, right? Mm -hmm. Because obviously obesity um, is a huge problem, um, and is a precursor to a lot of terminal illnesses, but maybe isn't seen as um, yeah, yeah, it's not terminal.
2: Yeah, and and, uh, yeah, I I, I, I think you hit the the the, like nail on 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 the head with those.
1: And I think, well. Maybe sorry to say, but obesity is not going to be a surprise for the patient. Yeah, exactly. Well, cancer having cancer will be a surprise, right? So you yeah. don't want to misdiagnose, and you're you're not diagnosing. Okay, is this person? Yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. You're uh, giving uh, a pathway for an uh, unknown uh, uh, problem uh, uh, on the
2: care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, obesity is very <laughs> simple to diagnose. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, the, the, the standard of care is BMI, right? So, so mm-hmm. once you pass certain threshold, uh, you know, I don't I don't think scales are regulated devices. Uh, but yeah. but,
1: <laughs> but if I make a wrong determination for, for the patient, yeah, for it can. More. Completely change the patient's um, yeah. um, well-being, both mentally as well as physically. Yeah, and we need to trade the two off. It's a tough one. Hmm.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, <laughs> I think we 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 talked a little bit about the funding cycles and how that sort of relates to product market fit in um, traditional companies. In um, biotech and f- like uh, pharma startups, it definitely. Does not really relate, right? Because you see, like publicly traded companies running a phase two study, meaning mm-hmm. that like they are not even close to actually getting that medication to a patient. Um, when you're dealing with um, technology that enables hospitals to to provide better care how does that correlate to the funding cycles or is there even a correlation there
1: yeah i would say pharma big biotech is basically an extreme version of uh, healthcare regulated e-tech. it's just mm-hmm. biotech risk rather than yes. chemistry and biological risk rather than than yeah. like software tech risk and uh, i think actually in many ways the better or like deeper medical devices would benefit from a funding um, um, ecosystem closer to what pharma has. Of course, what is the benefit? What is the final cost that one can charge? There's, There's some big questions on that. Obviously, when a drug goes over, uh, uh, gets to everyday use, it becomes an extreme lucrative business, but it's mm. very hard to get to. In medical devices, there's a bit of a push of, okay, we're not going to pay that much, so we're expecting less risk and we need like a faster uh reach to the market which means some of the really impactful potentially very novel medical devices don't get the funding and the support that they would need and uh, uh, i think when it's software it's even more strongly pushed Uh, a lot of the investment uh, um, investors are thinking hey software you should be able to do it in two weeks Mm -hmm. Uh, okay if it's medical devices deep tech like ai that we do it goes way more complicated potentially harder than hardware and then you need to be regulated I think I think we are not yet at the stage where there's enough investors who understand this space because this mm-hmm. space is very new. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: I, I I think part of it too is just it's it's hard. Uh, it, <laughs> you, you know, it, it, like like you can get feedback on a SaaS product like I can, if you get 5 customers from Product Hunt, you, you know, you you can iterate right away, right? Yeah. When you're building medical yeah. stuff. <laughs> it, it's not very easy to reach doctors or hospitals, right? So, yeah. so, so, uh, you know, naturally, I, I understand why it's harder, right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's riskier. It's much more. It's, it's a much more grittier pathway, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, you can't launch a medical startup out of your bedroom like you can launch Airbnb, right? Like, mm. like, like, so. It's so, uh, it's it's just it's it's riskier. It's, it's, it's just frankly, right. So, uh,
1: yeah, I think what is not what the investment market has not yet realized is how sticky and how defensible and how yeah. useful mm. and how much of a value uh, the healthcare um, solutions, medical devices can provide. Mm-hmm. I think because that appreciation is lacking, uh, mm. the model, the risk model towards it is not appropriate, yeah. which means the pressure is not really fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah to the problems and the trajectory that we're on yeah yeah like mm. I, I, guess,
2: I guess there's like a risk balance equation right yeah, like exactly like it, it, it 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 does seem too conservative sometimes yes, right exactly. yeah absolutely agree mm.
0: what's conservative um basically the funding model or
2: yeah like like like, like the, 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 that's what we're talking about right like like it's it's uh the availability of funding is tied mm-hmm. to how short of a bet. It is to generate ROI, right? Mm. So, so, so I, I guess we're saying there's a larger disconnect when the risk is higher to the funding available, rather than uh, we. I, I guess we expect.
1: Yeah, in in a way, uh, one it's possible to make medical devices have the best of both worlds so you mm. get the stickiness and you're kind of like drugs but you also get a much faster and much more iterative process yeah and and and, and that is possible to do but I think the investment market sees most at the moment the negatives the, of both worlds mm. and it's way slower than software and it's less defensible than uh, mm. than uh, various molecules and then And then, of course, you're gonna be sort of on a slightly different funding environment and journey, which obviously makes things harder. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) And do you find that um, you're often uh, compared to, against uh, typical software companies that don't operate in healthcare? Are you pegged against the same metrics? I
2: wouldn't say we're pegged against them, uh, you know, Most generalist investors like it's maybe when you go to a generalist uh, Who really is doesn't know you know two things about healthcare. Maybe you are <laughs> but you know, those are not necessarily the best investors then either, you know mm. That's why i like, like like our investor not Nina is great because they're, they're they understand the space very well uh, And I think when if you go to even a generalist that has a dedicated healthcare partner they, they understand like I don't know how it is for medical devices. I'm sure it's harder But even for us like like in clinical pathways, uh, you know, it, you you can't compare yourself because you can't just get out and get customers right like I, I think one of the advantages for a lot of SaaS startups is you can sell to other SaaS startups right mm. you know yeah. I,
1: I i think SaaS has a very i fully agree with you i think the type of investor is the key question here. yeah Uh, and the mental model that the investor has, right? For SaaS, there's the exact numbers, as you said, Mm, that everyone is following. Have you hit exactly this checklist? Then Mm. you're good, otherwise no. Uh, But for us, it's very different, right? Uh, And I think the mental model is not there yet because since sort of the real software revolution because we're regulated this hasn't been enough throughput and enough mm. time elapsed for figuring out and not, also not enough iteration time to figure out the, the ideal models and how it works i think there's some yeah. successes some mm. some really successful companies but the important thing is uh, to a number of investors are very mm. much specializing uh, like Nina and a couple of others uh, who are building this mental model mm-hmm. they understand how to do the best of both worlds help the companies achieve that and uh, really get a fast-ish growing product not quite SaaS, but yeah. fast-ish built product that is more defensible and more sticky yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. can capture longer term value better
2: yeah I, I i guess there are different set points for different industries mm-hmm. right like, mm-hmm. like it's, it's not on we have 10,000 active users right it's 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 do you have, how many like hospital contracts do you have? Right. Or I I guess in your case, it's, it's, it's like that, what, what where's the data at or things like that. Right.
1: Hospital contracts. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. (laughs) Um, so what is like the rate limiting factor to reaching product market fit? Is it, um, the number of doctors essentially that know about your product? Uh, Rate limiting.
1: It's, it's the entrepreneur <laughs> because we need to solve so many problems yeah the faster you solve all the this very mm. very long list the faster you're there in a way
2: yeah i, I guess like i'm w- mm. w- 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 uh, um, i'm kind of uh, i i i'm not sure if i understand what you're asking like 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 rate limiting step like uh, like i'm i'm thinking about it like an enzyme right like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but 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 um I I don't think there's like one particular thing, right? Like it's mm. it's just sales, right? Like like when you have a product that's ready, like for, for us, I I don't I don't know for you for you guys, but but like, uh, how many hospitals can you reach? Yeah. Demonstrate efficacy in this product, or not hospitals, or just clinics or healthcare institutions. Demonstrate efficacy and then go on, and you build a sales team, right? Uh, you know who's, you know their, their 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 job is to sell the product. Um, so. Yeah, it's not even about like how do people know about you. It, it's about like do you have the data to show it works on scale? And and then I think as you get more data, more it's de-risked, right? So
1: I think that might be the key one. I, I do believe it's a hill climbing exercise of a very long checklist to go through. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and and I I think the hill gets less steep as you climb mm. it, but the the
2: first part's really steep, right?
1: I wish but I uh, yeah, don't they're, think so I think it's I think it's company and product specific yeah yeah yeah. Like,
2: like, 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 I think for us once you the first couple hospitals is, or you know groups is hard really yeah. really hard but once you show in amateur efficacy the cell is easier to other institutions like I think I said in the beginning right like the first person has to jump into lava and come out right <laughs> and then once someone everyone sees they survive then they're much uh, it's, it's easier it's faster.
1: For us, it's a hill that goes with various various inclines. Uh, the way it is is, uh, of course, you need to get a mm. team together. Then you need to get some of the tech and some yeah, of yeah. the early right, right, right. proof. And then we actually knew that the best flagship product and value proposition we can have is going to be very hard for the market to immediately accept. Mm. So we went for a slightly easier version, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. Because it would have been so hard. So yeah, so. We generate the evidence with that. Okay, we're working off of this. And the evidence generation is probably the biggest sort of unlock mm-hmm. that, that you really can move forward with. Yeah. So we get that evidence, clinical evidence, and then you go for the really hard one. Of course, now it's more doable, but it's still like yeah, a yeah, really, yeah. really big step. So, so but so I'm like, not default dying anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you have two hills, it sounds like, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and I, just to caveat everything, this is like on a ma- zoomed out lens, right? When you're like mm-hmm. climbing it. Exactly, you're right, like, stuff's hard one day, it's not so hard the other day, right, like, hiring, yeah, I guess, just just intricacies of running a startup, right.
1: And I think it's very important to craft your trajectory, your plan, mm. that is realistic, that is realistic for you as a person yeah. <laughs> to handle, realistic for the market, yeah. their readiness. Can I bring a piece of product to the market that the market is ready for? so i'm moving the market to the product and mm. then move the market to like next version for yes. instance like you can that that's why i mean there's the like a necessary and, su- and sufficient uh, relationship with a different uh, mm. set of uh, the stakeholders you want to work with, uh, I think off the bat for a fresh company with a fresh founder to try to satisfy all stakeholders in one go might be a bit too much. It's tough, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I
2: guess that's why people don't normally do healthcare first, <laughs> right? Like it's 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 a tougher game, yeah.
0: Um, I guess that segues nicely into um, the next segment. Um, so. What do you think um, is your number one learning from from this, and and the number one thing you would recommend uh, a founder to do if mm. they're trying to uh, reach product market fit in healthcare?
2: I I I think my biggest learning was was like you humble yourself, you know, like <laughs> honestly, like 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 you you think you're like yeah. uh, a high, like super high like like we raised capital, you know, like I I. I, I I, I thought I was like a genius, you know, like, mm-hmm. wow, like, look at me, like, <laughs> and, 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 and then you, yeah. in the thick of it, building product, and yeah. everything you know is just like, wow, yeah. like, uh, I, there's, so, there's tough learnings, you know, like, mm-hmm. and it's really gritty, like, the, the common phrase, like, like uh, you eat glass, like, it's, <laughs> it's really hard, it's, it, it's humbling, right, like, like I, I guess yeah. for me, like, for I, I was, like, always an overachiever in my life, right, like, you know, yeah. I chose a masochistic path of medicine but uh, <laughs> uh, y- 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 I, th- I think um, this is one of the things where like you can't just study more and and, and get a better grade like you would in, in school right yeah. like this is like uh, I, mean, I guess it's it's like very experiential you know it's not like you can read a book and and, and they're like oh I read all the market analyses I have product fit you know like that, that's like yeah. you know <laughs> the first way to fail but it's a series of failures right tell you until you don't yeah, it's
0: not like the, the more time you spend on it, the better you get kind of thing. Yeah, well, uh,
2: to I, some I, degree, I, I think you do get better, but but the mm-hmm. way you learn is is just different, right? Like like especially in health, I think it attracts people who, who are, are you know like academics or or, or, or read a lot or, or you, you know like have PhDs or MD and things like that, right? And it's it's kind of different than when what, than what you kind of are used to.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think there's any silver bullet, and it would be a different sort of subset of multiple silver bullet for different founders and different companies. Yeah. But I think uh, like overall, there are a number of things in healthcare that are musts. So mm. you need to be resilient, probably way more resilient than some oh, other yeah. markets. Oh yeah, mm. uh, don't try healthcare without that. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. you need to be really humble because biology is not overly well understood. Mm-hmm area and can always throw a curveball and the healthcare mm. system we also need to be humble with because you do not want to wreck like a facebook like uh, uh move fast and break things is not something yeah. you want to do you don't break healthcare mm. system please yeah, no and, uh, and, and, and if you
2: <laughs> do break something bridge burn right like like yeah y- you you it's very cautious uh, you know you know it's it's yeah. like everyone talks about like, go fast and break things like you just can't do that in healthcare yeah. you know uh, yeah it's I, I think trust is very, very important.
1: Yeah, and being responsible for, for all of it, the patients, mm. the doctors, uh, the healthcare system. Actually, for your own uh, little sub-domain uh, as well. Like For instance, yeah. in our, our space, there have been a lot of AI failures in the past because some people went fast and broke things and didn't yeah. take necessarily the mm. right precautions and didn't actually prove their product and, and it didn't work. And both the hospitals, doctors, uh, patients, and investors are all mm-hmm. against taking all the newer uh, uh, yeah, yeah, entrants yeah. who actually do this right, potentially. Mm-hmm. So, so all of that. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. So not hurting any of those elements of the ecosystem is, is important. Uh, and so that's where the humbleness comes in so many different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah. So it's resilience, humbleness in many different ways. And I think yeah. also they want... A need for learning because it's very Mm. multidisciplinary. You need to learn into more elements, for instance, regulatory, for instance, the stakeholders, for instance, Mm. the patients, for instance, the psychology of it. Uh, And uh, it takes quite a bit of bit of learning. And of course, all of entrepreneurship is extremely important for learning. But I think for healthcare, (laughs) you need to go outside your comfort zone more times than when I was doing just um, mobile app development, I did not have to go out of my comfort zone too many times. In healthcare, I do this all the time in yeah. mm. fields that I never wanted to work in <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and areas of company operations that I never wanted to do in, in the past.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely.
0: And what is the number one thing not to do? Not and, to do. And can you give a story around maybe something? Hmm. Um, that happened that made you learn not to do um, that.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'm like one of the things I guess is um, maybe overpromising and underdelivering. Like like uh, y- y- you know mm. I feel like that's something you can get away with in in, in like a traditional SaaS business. Like oh product roadmap, right? Like <laughs> but 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 when you have patients who are relying on your care and yeah you know, hospitals it, it, it if, if you do that it's, it's something that does not go over very. It, there, there's very little forgiveness i'd say yeah. yeah so
0: don't sell on the roadmap
2: no you can sell the roadmap but sales is sales right like mm-hmm. people stretch the truth right and mm-hmm. you have to be very careful i think um in health
1: yeah um <clears throat> i think one element is um I really have two. Sorry, it's not going to be one. Uh, One is don't go against the doctors. Uh, The doctors are really on the front line. They're really trying their best most of the time. They put their whole lives into helping the patients and doing this thing in this area that as a tech founder you're coming into. I think coming in with respect and helping the doctors rather than making their lives harder is very important for the patient for the doctors for the healthcare mm. system and ultimately they are the ones who know this domain best so working with them learning from them helping them is really something that haven't seen enough in healthcare i see a piece of user interface with, for radiologists for instance it's clear that it was not done with the same amount of effort than most of the mobile apps that we have mm-hmm and that's just not right i think i think really working with the doctors making sure that we have something that uh, Mm. they can and and like and and are really uh, effective at using is is very important Um, and the other thing is don't cut corners Um, there are Mm. patients down the line in the end i do not want to um, uh, personally uh, put a, a piece of software out that can impact patients on a really large scale, and, and some of those will be mm-hmm. badly impacted. And uh, again, this, this comes back to hum- the humility. This will impact, again, the doctors, the patients, the healthcare system, and the fall on the other uh, other companies. And I, and I see this a lot. On our side, we had our first clinical trial in 2018. Just yeah. promised to give a story on this. And Mm -hmm. in 2018, we had our clinical trials uh, had results that were better than anything we have seen in the market. Mm. We did a bit more deeper and we did the same methodology than anyone else, but we did a bit more deeper analysis next day or a couple of days later. And we Mm. knew, hang on, we we can see that the methodology used so far doesn't actually make AI for breast cancer screening guaranteed to be safe for patients. So we did not come to the market in 2018. We did another way bigger study with a lot of effort, and, uh, and we made sure that that had new methodology that actually proves for us mm. more than anyone else that our software actually works. And uh, you know, it, everyone said that we were absolutely crazy. Uh, Why are you waiting two years for coming to the market? You're going to kill your company. And we can see that pretty much all the other companies are uh, in, in the space or at, that were around at that the, at the time uh, have stopped or have not managed to get anywhere. And this is just what happens. You, you bring a piece of software or something into everyday use. It doesn't work. The doctors don't want it impacts the patients negatively. It just doesn't work. Not worth trying. Because it's not going to uh, lead to success, and in the short term, you're harming some people. Yeah,
2: absolutely. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. In the end of the day, it's you know, it's not just dollars lost. It's it's patients being affected, right? Uh, so, th- that that's the most sobering truth. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, you have to really be very cognizant on everything you do, because um, someone is—they're not a number in the end, right? It's, it's someone with a family, right? So, absolutely. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> awesome and final question from me. Um, I want you to take yourself back to um, when you first founded the company, and what would be the one piece of advice mm-hmm. you would tell your yourself, your younger self?
1: Yeah, you will be okay. <laughs> <laughs> you will survive it, oh, even man. if you believe that it's impossible <laughs> to do this it's going to get 10 times worse the next year and 10 times worse the next year and so you, 10 times worse the next year and you're like, still going to be okay <laughs> it sounds like every year you got to tell yourself right? <laughs> yeah no. every t- every year i could have told myself <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah but now i know now i can project it and that's the number one thing that you'll be okay and it's yes. just it's going to be way harder than you can imagine just accept and know that you will be okay <laughs> yeah,
2: you know, I, I think that, 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 that's something uh, I, I, I will also do, uh, you, you know, it's it's really tough, like, like um, you know, like, kind of hearkening back, like, uh, studying for an exam, like, <laughs> I'm, 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 that's what I'm used to, right, like, uh, I know what to expect, the effort I put in, but mm. when you start something like this, you can work so hard, put your soul into it, and no one gives a crap, right, <laughs> like, yep. and that's hard, it's really hard to reconcile, so yeah like morale gets low you need you know i'm glad i have a co-founder for that reason right because yeah. it's rare that both of us are <laughs>
1: i think having support group that can reinforce and yes. help you yeah really understand that you're going to be okay yeah yeah you can't convince yourself yeah yeah and sometimes <laughs> it's, it's hard
2: yeah yeah like it, it <laughs> it's it's really tough it's you know you know i i think people who really stick with it and continue mm. end up succeeding it's just it's really easy to uh, you know quit you know yeah
0: well, so what would your advice to you be
2: is a, a similar kind of thing and and, and always you know uh, as you're going through this process um, uh, you you know take out like absorb as much information as you can even even though when you 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 may have preconceptions about a lot of things mm. like I certainly did mm. uh, that's a good one uh, uh, you, you know always assume like you're wrong because you probably are, right?
1: Cause Humility and learning. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. From like, from like, this. Yeah, you have
2: to be really, really humble uh, with with everything you do, because uh, the world works, and and what you read is different than what you see. You know, I guess. Yeah. So, 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 and everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and theory and plans when they meet practice, they usually crumble. Oh, completely. They're, they're so disparate. Yeah, they're so disparate. <laughs> yeah. Everyone wants to to go some way, but it doesn't actually go right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Awesome. So in summary, be humble <laughs> and it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: If you're humble and want to learn and you're resilient, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah
2: yeah yeah. 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 But sometimes that gets beat into you. Like, like <laughs> you, s- yes. you have to learn to be humble, I think. Burnt into you. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. the days. <laughs> that, oh, certainly. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Lonnie's <laughs> at the office. <laughs> yes, it is. <does. laughs>
0: So, in addition to the Health Creators community, you'll also find everything you need on healthcreators.co. That includes our educational tracks, vendor selection tools, CRO databases, and even which investors you should be talking to. When you log into healthcreators.co, you'll also have direct access to New route for clinical development and a bunch of other resources you need to build better companies in healthcare.